This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Jackie. It's good to see your face again. It's good to see your face again. You are far flung all the way back to Austin, Texas. I remain here in Brooklyn, New York. At Avenue, right right next to the corner of... That's actually called... They've rebranded, Jack. Oh. It's actually called... Um, now. Oh, okay. And so anyone can just kind of stop by at your home, right? Yeah, and anyone can stop by your home, Austin, oh. Texas. I did not know you had my address. Or okay. they could try you at um, Sweet Austin, Texas. That's my work address. That's that's weird that you have all of my addresses written down. Weirdly, they're all just in my phone. Look, it's like Siri found them all. Oh, wow. It says, like, Siri found these. <laughs> that's weird. You didn't even yeah. ask her. Um, no. We don't triangulate here. I am sure that although what that sounded like to me and Tanner was us telling each other our addresses, what it sounded like to you back home was just uh, hopefully a series of beeps. Just beeps. What about um, we talk about the book? Um, what about nothing? You don't want to catch me up on what you've been up to since how you, you, how was your flight back to Austin? You were here last time we recorded. I ran a marathon. You ran a marathon, and mm-hmm. you did it in record time. Five minutes. It is a record. Bleep that. Whoever's edit this is, bleep that. We don't. <laughs> we don't triangulate. That's not triangulate. What? Because then they know Aren't how. Are you worried f- that if someone finds you, they'll know exactly how fast you run now? And they'll they'll know exactly how fast and how long they'll need to chase me for before they'll run me yeah, down. Exactly. <laughs> so we're gonna bleep it. Edit, guys, and yeah. post. Yeah. Bleep that. Okay. <laughs> so now, if, if whatever detectives are listening to this podcast, not because they care about the Babysitter's Club or about our friendship and banter, but because they yeah. want to track us down, hunt us to where we live, and then chase us and hunt us down. They've got enough clues yeah. in there underneath those beeps to both find us and get training, because I can run yeah. miles, and I can do it in, guys in the booth, you know what to do, minutes. Yeah, Um but bleep the distance, too, because we don't want to give them any more information than they need. Right. Well, we will leave some of how long a marathon is to people's imagination. Here's a clue, Baby Nation. Uh, measure the distance on a map between Greece and... Where was he running to? Marathon. Well, marathon. to Athens. Athens. Yeah. His na- w- Was his name Marathon? No, his name was not Marathon. Uh, it was Phidippides. And he, w- he was running the distance between Athens and... Here's a thing that people don't remember about Phidippides. I Anything. think if, if memory serves. he So he was running from Marathon to Athens, which is a distance. I guess we'll have to bleep that out, right? But it's a distance of two miles. Right. Um, and it, he was running in order to give everyone in Athens the news um, about the victory against the Persians at the, the Battle of Marathon. But hey, uh, why not? Why not drive Amphipodes, idiot? Phidippides. Um, mm-hmm. But here's the fucking thing that people don't get: he had already been running like hundreds of miles a night. Why? 
Bef- that was just like the final bit. And then he died at the end, right? Yeah, but that's why. So you're stronger than some feeble Greek like courier from 5,000 years ago. Yeah. So you feel here's good the, about that? Yeah. Phidippides, yeah, I'm running the final bit. Phidippides is sent to Sparta to get help uh, when the Persians land. Then he runs 150 miles in the course of two days. And then no after he's I've done that, that shit, he runs the marathon. So all you marathon extremists, you're doing nothing. Yeah, run 176.2 miles. Yeah, and then fucking Sparta talk to, to to Athens to marathon. The or marathon whatever. is just the icing on the cake. Now, Tanner, surely we can introduce this podcast. Yeah, I think that's okay. I just okay. wanted to get the marathon stuff out of the way. Yeah, and I'm back. Uh, brought the child back with me. Oh, smart. Yep. Because you want to raise him in your own image. And if you had left him here, yeah. he would have been raised in... Probably yours. Probably mine or one of your other friends. And nobody wins if that happens. Right. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say, Tanner, that you're my big house friend, but that's a, um, that's a little sister reference. Oh, fun. You're my big house best friend. You know what? We'll talk about that when we do the little sister after we record this one, Baby Nation. Look forward Mm -hmm. to that. Um, I'm glad you've designated me the big house friend. Yeah. You're my big house best friend. Because my, my apartment is um, considerably smaller than your your home so small uh, baby nation will know because they've just listened to the two episodes which in our timeline haven't come out yet um but i had to wedge myself into that fucking apartment twice to talk to you about the babysitter's club speaking of which hi hi and welcome to the babysitter's club club sorry can we just take a step back will you go back and bleep all the stuff about the size of my house and yours just i just like I think any kind of spatial information is going to be dangerous to give out. <laughs> I think at this point, though, it's gonna, the whole intro to this is going to be like just a bunch of bleeps, and nobody really wants to listen to that except these people who are no, 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 running to hunt us. It'll down. be a bunch of it'll be a bunch of bleeps and the history of marathons run from Sparta oh. to Athens to marathon. Or That's whatever. actually very interesting. Do you think it's the hounds yeah. of Tintalos who are listening in and trying to hunt us down? Is that what's going on? it's either that or kevin spacey's character from seven okay <laughs> good well the, they'd have trouble coming out of the corners in your apartment because you come out of one corner you're already going into the other one on the hey, opposite oh, uh, side beep, 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 beep. <laughs> hi hi and welcome to the babysitter's club club, club. you club. okay club club hi hi and welcome club. to the uh, come on man we we figured this out in like episode 20. Ready? You want to just... Well, I'll take another run at it. Hi, hi. Club. Well, to the Babysitter's Club. Club. Hi, hi. My name... No, no. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 You're Tanner Greenring. And you were... Name... Excuse me? And you are called Jack Shepard. Thank you. And together... Jack Shepard is what you're called. <laughs> yep. And together... I got it. We got it. And together, yeah. we talk about... During this podcast, we use this podcast as a forum, as a springboard, if you will, uh, from which to discuss the classic novels of, guess who? The Princess of the Prince of Towns, St. Annabel Matthews Martin. Stormborn, you ask? That's right. Soul Skinner, you ask? That's right. <laughs> That's the one. Sure. <laughs> What's she the mother of? Clocks. And uh, no children. <laughs> no children. <laughs> Except the clocks. And is she the bane to anything? Well, glad you asked. Batman. It's bats. 
Yeah, and probably oh, the bat, and bats. probably the Batman. The Batman. Um, and, do you remember the issue when um, Saint Annabelle Matthews Martin lifted Batman up above her head and brought him down, broke his back, and broke his back? Yeah, classic. That was a good one. Nightfall. Classic. Yeah. Oof. Nightfall called. with a K. Good one. Did anyone have her name before her, Tanner? I'm doing this fun, like question and answer. Likely. <laughs> Anne Martin? Yeah, probably a lot of people. No, she is, that's wrong. I'm sure, in fact, I'm sure there's someone who was on the Mayflower who had the name. <laughs> no, that, that's where you're wrong. She is, in fact, the first of her name. And is there I don't any... Think that's accurate. That's accurate. We've been saying it for probably 50 or 60 episodes now. And fi- my final, well, my second to last question for you, my penultimate question for you is, is there anyone who is like her who has come after her? Yes. No. Many other female children's authors. That's where you're wrong. Since Anne M. Martin. That's where you're wrong. She's the last of her kind. And Tanner, if we give up on her and ignore her, do we have any other hope for our species? No. That's correct. She's the last. I feel hope like I'm starting to pick up what you're doing for humankind, Baby Nation. If you're new to this podcast, <laughs> I don't know what just happened the there. I just, I'm just a little punchy today. Oh, I know why. Can I tell you a story? This morning at 5 a.m., uh, Cyril, my son, uh, woke up for his 5 a.m. wake up, uh, but then he didn't go back to sleep. So okay. here I am. <laughs> That's 6 a.m. here, which is a respectable time to get up. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, anyway. Keep in mind, I didn't, I didn't get up at 6 a.m. I got up at around 9 a.m. Yeah. So 8 a.m. there. That's that's why your Uncle Jacko is a little punchy. Baby Nation, this week we read a little book, and it was a good one, called Happy Holidays, Jesse. You remember last time we had a holiday book? These holiday books seems like they're they're coming hot and fast now. It feels like it was just a few books ago we were reading Marianne and the Old Timey Christmas, or whatever it was called. Mallory's Christmas Wish. When we were recording Mallory's Wish, I said to right. Anne, War on Christmas, why don't you want to just call the book what it is? What is it called? Mallory's Christmas Wish. <laughs> well, Jesus. here to, to compound on my war on Christmas, I told <laughs> Anne via our audio medium that I knew about Christmas and I didn't care to hear any more about Mallory's <laughs> dumb old-timey Christmas. Yeah. And what I wanted to hear more about was yes. Kwanzaa, because Jesse mentions in that book that her family celebrates Kwanzaa. And this book, Anne uh-huh. heard me yeah. through the ages, through the years, yeah. echoing back... And she said, all right, Tanner, next book's going to be, uh, be about the Ramsey family celebrating Kwanzaa. She brought us and a wonderful boy, was it. Kwanzaa experience. And as uh, anyone who's followed Anne's books uh, for some time will know, uh, whenever there's uh, a topic that requires an expert, she brings someone in. When it's about Stacy's diabetes, she has a diabetes expert. Uh, when, when it was about the girl with autism, she brought yeah. in some doctors to talk about that. When it was about Abby's... Bat mitzvah. Yeah. She had some of her, her Jewish yeah, friends. When it was about Abby's bat their mitzvah, she had um, the Leviathan himself, David Leviathan, come in and uh, give her some uh, some tips about uh, the world of bar and bat mitzvahs. And this week for our Kwanzaa Spectacular, and brought in none I didn't other catch it. than the great, sweet Peter Laryngeus. <laughs> no, I know. He goes throughout the book. Does she have a... Did she have a um who did she special thank? No, nobody. It was Pete. It was sweet Pete. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, there's no special thanks at the beginning of this? No special thanks. It's the first so book without Anne a special thanks in know, <laughs> Yeah. Ann and Pete just know everything there is to know about the, the African-American holiday yeah. of Kwanzaa. Pete was like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for them. Good for them. I learned a lot. I didn't know a lot about Kwanzaa, and I was delighted to learn more. Uh, it seems like a fun holiday, though, guess what? Jesse didn't have a fun time. Yes. How would you like to begin? Should we talk about our notes? Should we talk about some of the major themes of the book? What do you want to do? Um, Dealer's choice, man. Okay. Uh, Let's start with an exploration on... um... You can't handle it, can you? You can't handle it. What about, Tanner, you you were just waiting for me to cut you off, weren't you? What about we both describe the novel like you want to? Let's talk about... um, Nope. This is where we are. Let's talk about the the seven days of Kwanzaa and what each day represents. I would like to do that, but first, I would like to describe Did this Did you novel. know, Jack, that Tanner. Kwanzaa was created in 1966 by Dr. Maulana Karenga, who had seen his neighborhood destroyed by the Los Angeles riots, race riots. You know what else happened? to create a special holiday to unify the black community. Yeah. You know what else happened in 1966, Tanner? Um, Come on. I don't. England won the World Cup. (laughs) Um, Tanner, yes, I knew all that stuff because I read this book. What about we describe the book for the Baby Nation and then we can get into all of that afterwards. I'm going to describe it, then you're going to describe it. Let's do that now. That's what's happening. Kwanzaa means first in Swahili. Yep. and You know, I know a little Swahili. It's six letters, but... The good doctor added a seventh letter because there are seven important days of Kwanzaa, and he chose for the seventh letter the letter A because it's the first letter of the alphabet, thereby beautifully reinforcing all of the themes. Um, There are also seven babysitters. Did you know that? Okay. You know that I know um, a little bit of Swahili? I feel like it's come up before. I feel like I didn't love it when it did, but why why don't you just say it since you got it? I know the Lord's Prayer in Swahili. Okay. All right. May Good. I recite it for you? I, okay. I'd rather you didn't, but okay. Baba ye tu ye tu. Don't sing it. Baba ye tu ye tu. Elu e jina la kali tu zuzuke. Baba ye tu ye tu. Elu e mbingu ye tu ye tu. Baba ye tu ye tu. Elu e jina la kali tu kukue. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club, club of podcasts where Baba Yetu recite the Lord's Prayer in Swahili and talk about Kwanzaa. Tanner. That's, uh, that's the song Baba Yetu. It's the main theme for the video game Civilization Four. It was okay. written by Christopher Tin. Yep. And Good. it's uh, one of the best songs ever written. Baby Nation, go YouTube Baba Yetu. B-A-B-A-Y-E-T-U. Tanner, I'm going to describe this novel now. When I'm finished, I would like to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have here and have you describe the novel. There are a lot more lyrics to Baba Yetu. You want me to keep going? Absolutely not. Tanner, I'm going to describe this novel right now. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Mm. Jesse Ramsey's aunt, Cecilia, has always been a little strange. There was the odd incident of Mr. Majors, a mysterious friend Cecilia brought into their lives one week and then never spoke of again. Not to mention the fact that almost no one seems to want to talk about what Cecilia was doing in the years before she moved into Jesse's house a few years back. And then there are her outbursts, 
flying into a rage at imagined insults, walking out in a fury at the slightest breach of protocol, and the slow, simmering anger that is always in the background of anything Cecilia says, even during her quiet times. But with Kwanzaa right around the corner, and preparations underway for a feast, a festival, and a whole lot of visiting family, Cecilia's odd behavior is the very last thing on Jesse's mind. Right up until Cecilia finally does something that can't be ignored any longer. Happy holidays, Jesse. Happy holidays, Jesse. Happy holidays. Everything you want for Christmas, and I hope that your Kwanzaa is spectacular. Two weeks ago, okay, we entered into a new era of Babysitters Club books and of our show, The Babysitters Club Club. Oh yeah, that's true. And that new era was the darkest timeline. Mm-hmm. To borrow a an expression from the Star Trek mythology, mm-hmm. we have gone into a alternate universe where everything is wrong. Everyone's motivations are corrupt, mm-hmm. and we have restarted the show. We're actually in episode. We said earlier that it was episode number one hundred six, but that is not the case. It is actually episode number five. Episode number five, with episode one being Chrissy's worst idea. We're in the darkest time. Book one hundred, right? mm-hmm. and I think that that holds true this week. Everyone is bad. Mm-hmm. And everyone um, is mean, and everyone is is fighting with one another. And Aunt Cecilia does car crimes on a, uh, a, a baby boy. child. Mm-hmm. Christy is bad. Mm-hmm. She turns into a real "Why is there no White History Month?" type person. Oh yeah. Claudia is still in the seventh grade. Stacy is still single. You know, John Ramsey shouts at everyone. Oh yeah, John Ramsey normally a beacon of light. Yeah, he was bringing some energy. He was bringing to some, his interactions yeah. with Cecilia. Yeah, Cecilia. Aunt Cecilia really showed some a, a side of herself. She's always been a little bit of a square, but always harmless. She showed a side yeah. of herself this week that was terrifying. <clears throat> She's not this like mostly harmless, but a little irritating uh, nag of an aunt. Yeah, she's this awful presence in Jesse and Becca's life now. Right. You know what fucking backs this up, Tanner? This darkest lo- timeline stuff. And I'm, by the way, I'm aware that you still need to describe this novel. Mm. Did you, do you read this fucking antimatter stuff? Um, I did, but I don't remember it. This fucking. I, mean, chilled I read me- this book, but I don't remember anything about antimatter. I'm going to read you this passage. It chilled me to the very bone. And antimatter is exactly what we're talking about, right? We're in kind of like a mirror universe. Yes. No, right. Exactly. Yes. Well, listen to this passage tanner and tell me if it does not chill you also to the very bone okay welcome to the magical world of north pole village the music was way wrong for the occasion it wasn't nighttime and it sure wasn't silent i guess they're playing silent night or else something even more terrifying washington mall was silent night and you just you skip past that yeah okay well good all right that's how the chapter begins great washington mall was jumping with holiday activity Actually, I adore the NPV. That's uh, shorthand for... North Pole Village. Yeah. 
It appears like magic every holiday season inside Lear's department store at the far end of the mall. You step through the Wonderland gate and onto a narrow path that twists through a snow-covered fantasy land. Little wooden huts line the path. Some of them are make-believe factories where mechanical elves busily make toys. One hut is a reindeer stable, and another is a post office stuffed with letters. A postal elf's eyes and head emerge from the pile and then sink back in. I've always wondered what exactly is in that area of Lear's during the rest of the year. No one seems to know. Personally, I think it becomes a pocket of antimatter, invisible to the human eye. But later for that... Later for that, Jesse? That You're just going to leave us hanging with that? But it makes sense that Lear's department store is the portal through which one can... Right traverse between the darkest timeline that begins with Christie's worst idea and the the bright side timeline that begins with Christie's great idea, right? Presumably. Right. This is the antimatter. Jesse, I don't think Jesse knows she's in the the darkest timeline yet cuz she says she says antimatter, but we're living in an anti-universe. Right. So she, her universe is antimatter. And she doesn't get that. Yeah. She thinks the Christie's great idea universe is antimatter. But she, Right. Little does she know. Well, I mean, who knows? It's it all it, it's all dependent on where you're looking from, right? Right. Like if you live and on the other side of the mirror. Oh, sure. You don't yeah, say yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in a mirror, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess anti isn't anti just means like opposite. So yes, she's right. That that is an anti. That is a that is a point of antimatter. So now we have we have a a time, mm-hmm. which is the Halloween dance, right? That is a that is a, a waypoint. waypoint. Mm-hmm. And now we've got a place, potentially, as well. Right. And it's the Lear's department store. Mm-hmm. This could be a gateway. Right. It's the first we've ever heard of Lear's, and we're 106 books in. Right. Sorry, no. we're five books in. Right, we're five books in. And Tanner, to celebrate this inaugural fifth episode, I would like for you to describe this novel right now, please. Sorry? Sorry? Please, please do describe the novel. What did you say? I demand it. Got it. What was the B-plot? I was just going to say, I demand that you describe this novel as a rare use of the subjunctive in the English language, where you can actually tell that the subjunctive is in play, right? Because you wouldn't say, I demand that that he describes this novel. You would say, I demand that he describe this novel. It's pretty interesting. Do you say optative or optative? I had this debate with my Greek teacher. She says, says optative. Believe it or not, you've, you've convinced me to cover this novel in a well, way that I've never been compelled to in the past. We just say- um, Okay, you got the clock running? Hmm, man, I, 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 I did it. I made it work. Hey, Tanner, I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have here. During yep. those 60 seconds, yep. I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this novel. Happy holidays. Jesse, are you ready? Yes. I'm going to begin right now. It's the holiday season, and all the babies are celebrating their respective holidays Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and everything else. Happy holidays, Baby Nation. Christy and the Babysitter's Club, sorry, uh, what's her name? Jessie and the Babysitter's Club are discussing Jessie's pending Kwanzaa celebration, and they realize that none of them know anything about Kwanzaa, so Jessie has the bright idea to throw a Kwanzaa festival for all of Stony Brook, and she invites all of the black community within Stony Brook to come and participate. It turns out there are a number of black families in Stony Brook that we had previously never heard of, but 
here we go. Here we are. Um, oh, I'm already out of time. Um, Aunt Cecile is being really overbearing. She gets in a car accident. She hurts. She gives uh, Squirt a concussion. Um, everyone gets in a fight, but then it, they all come together over the Kwanzaa Festival. And time. I'll take it. The Kwanzaa thing is technically the A plot. Like the Kwanzaa celebration that Jesse throws is technically the A plot. It's, it's, it starts as the A plot. Yeah. The first half of the book, until the until the the pivotal moment of the car accident, yeah. the Kwanzaa festival is the A plot. And then after the car accident, it becomes the B plot. Right. And Jesse's family tension becomes the A plot. Right. The way that Pete weaves a narrative often looks like a helix, right? And when Jack With says a Pete, pl- he means Sweet Peter Larangis. Sweet Peter Larangis. Um, the ghostwriter. Yeah, here in, in, in uh, episode five of BSCC colon dark timeline. Right. Is that what we're calling? Is that how we say it? The darkest timeline. The darkest timeline. BSCC. There are a number of dark timelines, but this is the darkest one. The darkest. Do, do I have to re-explain everything? I would. Okay. Sweet Peter Larangis. Actually, it's probably bitter, Pete, right? Is, that, is everything opposite mm. or it doesn't really work that way? I'm not sure it works like that. I think he's still Sweet Peter, but his motivations are... Um, evil. Evil. Yeah. Um, evil Pete sounds good. Evil Pete. Yeah. Let's call him Evil Pete. Yeah. So, Evil Pete. What was I talking about? Don't remember. Yeah, difficult to say. Oh, Evil Pete, when he writes a novel, when he writes a narrative, he will use a helix pattern, right? With the A plot and the B plot weaving in and out of each other and one becoming, uh, having primacy over the other. Right. So it's difficult. You can be forgiven for having focused on what some might think is the B plot and spent only, ooh, five to six seconds on the fact that Aunt Cecilia crashes the car and almost kills the baby Squirt. Yeah, and Aunt Cecilia does car crimes against Squirt. Car, terrible car crimes. Um, and she has two accomplices, and their names are Becca and Jesse Rumsey. Yeah, yeah. they're all Aunt Cecilia equally maliciously complicit. drives her car into another person's car, and before doing so, demands, mm-hmm. acquiesces to the demands of the screeching... Becca Ramsey mm-hmm. and allows Jesse to unbuckle John Philip Squirt Ramsey mm-hmm. from his car seat. And once Jesse has done so, the second, she, the second it happens, the second Jesse has done so, she backs her car at a high speed into a, another car. Right. Um, driving John Philip Squirt Ramsey into the floor of the car and leaving him concussed. At the very least, leaving him prone motionless and then and then when john ramsey confronts her and says why did you concuss my baby yeah she throws it back at him yeah she says because you don't discipline them enough you don't discipline them enough cecilia that's what cecilia says right why did you concuss my baby what imagine having to say that to someone yeah why it's a weird thing to say it's got a weird mouthfeel why did you concuss my baby why one of those words might not even be a word. Yeah. I'm using concuss but... transitively. <laughs> Why did you concuss my baby? Says John Phil. We're paraphrasing, actually. I think we, I think that you you kind of came up with that as a thing that he said. But it's got a right. good... I like I'm, I like dwelling on it because it's got a good mouthfeel to it. Why did you concuss my baby? Do you want to reenact it? Which part? The thing. You can be John Phil. The car accident you or be the argument between... The argument. John Ramsey and... Yeah. Cecilia. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we're at the hospital. Ce- you're Cecilia. Yeah. Okay. Your ankle is broken. Yeah. 
and you have a bruised rib mm-hmm. from your car accident. Mm-hmm. When a, we should set this up. Let's get some context. <sighs> okay. Jesse, Becca, and Aunt Cecilia and John Philip Squirt Ramsey were in the car coming back from Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. Aunt Cecilia was annoyed with the girls because they had pulled a prank on her at the mall. Um, she is a bad driver, and she stopped at a stoplight on a yellow, and the car behind her thought she was going through, rammed them from behind, just as Jesse was removing a crying squirt from his car seat. Accident happens, car is totaled, Aunt Cecile is injured, John Ramsey hits the floor, becomes concussed, hospital sometime later. Okay. Scene. Scene. Brother. <laughs> Sister. <laughs> we meet. This is the darkest timeline, so everyone is. Oh, yeah. Can I do Batman, kind of a Batman type of vibe for it? Brother. I'm going to go, I'm thinking like sort of Klingon-y. Okay, you do Klingon, I'll do Batman. Brother. Sister, we meet again. In the hospital. Do you have something to ask me? Sister, I demand to know why you've concussed my brood. (laughs) (laughs) Darling, I have three children and an arthritic ankle. I can do whatever I want. Also, you spoil them. Uh, John pulls out his Jem Hadar <laughs> polearm weapon <laughs> and takes a, a an offensive stance against Cecilia. Sister, I demand satisfaction. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know the Jam Dahar? It's like the big. Um, I know the fucking Jem Hadar sword uh, that the Klingons use. Yeah, I just don't know how to cross it with Batman. I feel like we're we're in too deep. <laughs> how do we? Can we pull out of this? Uh, yeah, Baby it's Nation. So, uh, <laughs> in the immediate aftermath of the car accident, um, John. So John, John, and Cecilia get into a tiff because Cecilia is being very overbearing and difficult to the children. Yeah, and he says, Cecilia, lighten up. This is my house, my rules. You got to be cooler to the kids. Yeah. And she and lightens up like, way too much. She lightens up, up way too much, and she like she's like, "Oh, let's do car crimes car and take our seatbelts off." Yeah, that's not. If somebody Fine. told you to lighten up, we, would you? Is it like this is like an insane overreaction? If somebody was like, "Hey, man, you're yeah. you're like, turn that frown upside down," would you be like, "Oh, you're in my house well, right now." I and take you're that like, to mean you're being you're a little high strung. Can you yeah. lighten up? I'd be like, "Yeah, man, I'll lighten up," and I just like immediately reach for the bleach to start drinking it, and you're like, "No, no, no." <laughs> What? Wow! Fucking no! I'm just saying, lighten up. Not like commit know, qu- fucking gone in sixty seconds, like car crimes, right? And then get like angry about it. Yeah. Um. But Tanner, let's focus in on that phrase. But, I have three children and an arthritic ankle. I knew about the ankle. I didn't know Cecilia had three fucking kids. Oh, I didn't either. I feel like that would come up because Jesse mentions Keisha a lot in this book. Her cousin? cousin? We no, finally. No, sorry. Keisha's her best friend. Who's her cousin? Keisha is her best friend and cousin. Okay, yeah. She mentions Keisha from Oakley? We finally get to meet Keisha. Baby Nation, we have been promised Keisha for so long. For so long. We've been promised Keisha since... What's the first Jesse book? Who can say? Come on, man. Probably It's probably called Welcome to the Club, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. We have been promised Keisha since the very first Jesse book, and we never met her. And I was fucking worried. I thought shit was going to go the way that shit went with Lane. 
when Lane came to visit Stacy. Oh, yeah. Well, especially because we are on the darkest timeline and because the Ramsey family was at one another's throats during the final night of Kwanzaa, which is a feast. Yeah, well, I feel like we conveyed that really well with our um, Batman slash Star Trek tinged <laughs> role play. Yeah. No, they they weren't. It was not a Batman Star Trek role play. It was just inspired by. Yeah. I think the characters are inspired by characters from Batman and Star Trek. Right. But the rest was true to life. Yeah, very true to life. With the uh, the Jem Hadar and <laughs> look, they're at each other's fucking throats. It's it's nasty. It's not like we learned a lot about Kwanzaa, right? And it's what are the seven? What are the seven um, main principles of Kwanzaa, Tanner? Do you want me to say it? Shall I say it? Togetherness, self determination, responsibility, cooperative economics. Parentheses build hmm. and support businesses. Purpose. Cooperative economics is kind of a. It doesn't quite have the flash of all the other ones. It doesn't have the flash, but it's actually very cool. <laughs> it's like let's he likes, build each other like up. like Professor snuck that one in. Yeah, yeah. He's like a professor of cooperative economics, and he was like, he's, "I'll make that the fifth he's day." Like, Friendship, <laughs> unity, creativity, cooperative. Uh, <laughs> it's good. It's a. It's it's a. I liked it because it's about like building up your community and supporting local businesses. Uh, purpose, creativity, and faith. And the Ramsey family. And this is something that Pete does. And this is a choice that Pete makes throughout this book. They don't exemplify any of that shit. Right up no, until the no. end. Right up until the end. The one thing that they had this entire book was faith. They had faith. They had faith Gotta in each faith. other. They had faith in their family. I gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. Okay. Faith, the faith, the faith. Um, I just got Baby! Off. Are we done? Yeah, because I don't know any of the lyrics. Uh, while you were seeing, I got a phone call from someone uh, from the board of directors of our podcast. Um, and you're our, out. The board of our podcast? Yeah, you're out. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well... um. It was a great run. Um, There's no I enjoyed doing this with you, but yeah, I've enjoyed it as well. But we said we stated very I explicitly um, that there's no singing. The board agreed on it. You agreed on it. I guess I'll see you around. Okay. Bye. Well, hey, hey. So I just got a Jack. Hey. Yep. We're back, apparently. I just got a um, call from you. Yep. We um, took some time off. <clears throat> apparently, uh, the board heard that you had unilaterally decided that I was off the show, and they based were upset on, about that. Based on dire- what I saw as direction so from them. Called, based on, can you just say that? You just called me, and you, you begged me to come back. That's not how... You, you, you said that the board said I could sing as much as I wanted. And that you um, missed the sound of my voice, so we're back. That's not what I said. That's not that's, how that's our what conversation I went. That's not. It is indeed the case that I I misinterpreted the conviction of the board that it's a bad direction for our brand and our podcast that you continue to sing, which is explicitly stated by them. I misinterpreted that as something that I could act on. Right, and they have reprimanded you for that. And they said, and the podcast isn't the same without Tanner I, or his beautiful voice. They didn't specifically say that, 
we don't need to get into the details of it, but let's just say that b- because of a fucking procedural limitation, because of the bureaucracy that is behind this thing that used to be just two friends talking about their favorite fucking books, th- this fucking entrenched bureaucratic nightmare, we can't just make unilateral big decisions about the direction of the podcast anymore and we have to have meetings and fucking committees and hearings and suffice it to say that we're going to continue talking about this novel yes okay and i would love jack to sort of find our place again Mm -hmm. by discussing this Mm -hmm. week Mm -hmm. the moment in which we realized that we could not have been reading a book by anyone but (gasps) our boy Sweet, Sweet Peter Laurentius. And thank God, yeah. Jack, that Baby B. Marie emailed us the theme song for this week's Laurentius moment, Nipple Deep in a Sea of Sweet Pete. Sea or as I call him. Evil Pete. Evil Pete. That we Ball, were balls deep. entrenched no, in a morass. A morass of Evil Pete's creation. Evil Pete's evil machinations. Yep. That we were reluctantly kissing Evil Pete's feet against our will. Yep. We were kowtowing to him. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting on his throne of bones, bones? and flesh, mm-hmm. carrion flesh, mm-hmm. laughing maniacally as we prostrated ourselves before mm-hmm. him and, and reluctantly kissed his sweet feet. Weeping tears of blood all the while. Baby B. Marie did us the kindness of actually recording herself and producing her own theme song to this week's Laurentius moment, um, set to the tune of a song. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you cue that up right now, Tanner? Baby B. Marie, bring us in. He's got sick burns and scintillating pros when Pete Ghost writes, yeah, it really shows a Laurentius. La 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 Laranges Pete writes a mean motherfucking pun But it's all good clean babysitting fun of Laranges La 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 Laranges Ma 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 But he wove a word web that nearly broke my mind Oh, Laranges La, 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 Laranges And I'm not dumb, but I can't understand Why he won't tweet back at Tanner and Jack Come on, Pete Just give him a tweet God damn it, Pete La, 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 Laranges Oh, no <laughs> Tanner, did We're you back. this Pete, week? Evil Pete is satisfied. Yeah, with our groveling. Yeah, that's why we do this uh, in the, in these uh, five books so far in the darkest timeline. When we do a Laurentius moment, it is because uh, we need to appease the sweet feet of sweet evil Pete. Um, right. And if we don't, it could be very, very bad. Yeah, indeed. So, Jack, mm-hmm. I'm curious if you there was a moment in this book that you realized that you were reading the unmistakable prose of evil Pete Larangis. There was, but I'd like to hear yours first. Okay. So, um, Jesse is going to prepare some food 
with a number of the babysitters and some kids who are all part of the kind of Kwanzaa festival committee. Okay, each babysitter will take a group, I went on. Five sitters, five different dishes to prepare. I read this list of foods, assigned sitters, and kids. It went in 17 years and out 17 others. Then the kids started shouting, I want to work on cookies. Why did I get peanut soup? Sarah pouted. No fair. I'm switching to Hoppin' John, Marcus announced. What's okra? Jake asked. A vegetable, Dwayne and Ronnie answered. That only grows in Oklahoma, Tamika shouted, cracking up. <laughs> Pretty good. Very good. Sherelle raised her hand. Can we make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Pweet! Leave it to Christy. She always brought along her referee's whistle. I helped Vanessa chop up onions. When we started crying from the fumes, everyone thought it was hilarious. They crowded into the kitchen to stare. Go away, Vanessa cried, sniffling. Cry, baby, Nikki shouted. That was when a hunk of mashed banana flew into my hair. Oops, said Ronnie. He was standing at the counter looking sheepish. I was only trying to shake it off my fingers. The kids were screaming with laughter. Nikki smeared his chin with rice cereal, which he was preparing for the bread, and started shouting, Ho, ho, ho. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see some parents peeking in from the living room. Christy was reaching for her whistle. Okay, so then Jessie's, um, she's getting ready to leave. She's, she's helped all these kids prepare this food for the Kwanzaa Festival. Mm-hmm. She's on her way out. Jessie, I turned at the sound of Omar's voice. Standing in the kitchen doorway was the entire Kwanzaa gang. Some of the kids were dressed to go outside. All of them were smiling broadly. Omar stepped forward. He held out a box wrapped in hand-decorated wrapping paper. This is for your brother, he said. We made it ourselves. Marianne stepped into the kitchen and put her arms around me. You ought to do something about those onions. <laughs> See, that sweet Pete at his finest, and that's where that term comes from, right? That all the kids are saying, um, like, I'm not crying, it must be those sitters cutting onions. <laughs> right? Baby Nation. That's what everyone says, right? They're about, I'm going to say, ten, five to ten years ago, occasionally someone on the internet, mm-hmm when they saw something that would make them cry, would say, oh, what are there, ninjas cutting onions in here? The joke oh, being ninjas. that like ninjas are stealthy ninjas. and you don't see them and mm-hmm. they're cutting onions and it's making you cry. Yeah. And Jack loves it. Jack loves that phrase. Uh-huh. But he stole it from Sweet Pea Laranges. <laughs> who wrote it way back in 1996. Okay. You ought to do something about those onions. Yeah. As this has been, at the same time, this week, Baby Nation... A segment we call IP Freely. <laughs> and. I didn't even recognize it. And this week's. Meme of the Week. I like turtles. Oh no, I have another Meme of the Week. Okay, fine. Well, now we're in Meme of the Week. Are we doing Meme of the Week now? Let's hear your Meme of the Week. I don't actually. Actually, I don't love that we. That, I, I say Meme of the Week to. Chapter 15. Stop you from talking about Harambi. Harambi. No, yeah. Harambi, Harambi. I love that word. It's Swahili for let's all pull together. And you're supposed to call it out once on the first day of Kwanzaa, twice on the second, and so on. But I just love the way it sounds. That's Jesse. And as we know, that's a meme. Jack, there was a tragic meme uh-huh. in, I don't know, I'm going to say 2016 about a gorilla somewhere named Harambe. Who is no more. Who was tragically shot. For that's fun. That's fun. It's a fun caring one. for a baby. It's a fun one. If you didn't, if you didn't see it, check it out because it's a fun one. It's a gorilla who gets shot for caring. It was a for bad a baby. meme at the time, but I feel like it's my <laughs> responsibility as our sort of meme archivist uh-huh. 
Now I know where Harambe's name came from, and it was from the Swahili word for Maybe Nation, if you don't, If you don't know Tanner all that well, uh, a lot of us uh, in his closest circle of friends call him the Indiana Jones of memes. Because he's always like, <laughs> that meme belongs in a museum. Anytime you reference a meme and you, you, you uh-huh. say it wrong, you get it wrong, you'll be like, oh, David after doctor, right? And Tanner's like, oh, actually, <laughs> David after dentist, actually, <laughs> fucking casual. That's You're not a- interested to know that the <laughs> worldwide meme phenomenon of Harambe the gorilla got his name from the Swahili word for let's all pull together? That's interesting, and I would have not known that before I read this book, Jack. That meme belongs in a museum. It's not the most fun meme. I don't like the meme. I think it's a bad meme. <laughs> meme of but the week. But it's a meme, and we have a responsibility to cover it. Meme of the week. Which is convenient, Tanner, because my Larangest moment this week is also, I just realized, my <laughs> Abby's tight 20. <laughs> you, you asshole. Because I also have an Abby's tight 20. <laughs> This whole thing is falling apart. I don't know what to do. This is a Tell catastrophe. Tight twenty. Okay, I'm just trying to pull us out here. I think I know what's happening. I think I've got all the threads right. We closed out meme of the week. We're still in Lorangus moment, but we've opened up Abby's tight twenty. If I do my Lorangus moment and my Abby's tight twenty, all you need to do is follow my Abby's tight twenty with your Abby's tight twenty, yes. and then we'll be out. we're in Lorangus moment. And then meme of the week was a cul-de-sac that we pulled yep. into and pulled out of, and right. now we're in another cul-de-sac. Abby's tight twenty. Okay, why don't you tell the baby nation what Abby's tight twenty is? Abby Stevenson is quite the jokester, baby nation. She's hilarious, and she's very funny, and often she makes jokes that are good enough to make us laugh and we are compiling them for our own tight 20 yeah. that we will one day Perform. presumably give at the chuckle hut or comedy cellar or right labs with a z yeah comedy clubs or down in whatever dungeon they lock us in when we eventually go completely insane from being what was one, your Abby? one too many segments deep Tanner! What was the joke that you want to add to our tight 20 this week, Jack? Well, actually, it's my Lorangus moment. This was the moment wherein I knew that this book could only have been written by the great sweet Peter Lorangus, or Evil Pete, as I like to call him in this particular timeline. At 5.40, our first call came in. Abby snatched up the receiver. Hello, the all-weather babysitter's club. We sit in the sleet. We sit in the freezing rain. Abby's face suddenly turned red. Uh, well... No, Mrs. Harris, we don't actually sit in the rain. I mean, uh, babysit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll call you back. Abby hung up and buried her face in her hands. Duh, me and my big mouth. <laughs> Very good. That's your Larangus moment and yeah. your Abby's tight 20. Yeah. Do you know who wouldn't make that mistake, Jack? Christy Thomas. No, Abby's sister, Anna. Anna would be like, Anna would just like pick up the phone and then play like a beautiful Lida from schubert on her violin yeah do you know why she would do that because she's more talented uh in every way because abby because of this week's (gasps) typo negative no (laughs) oh no we invited both stevenson girls to join baby but anna typo negative is a segment where we just Anne never makes any mistakes, and neither do the scholastic lawyers. So when we find a typo, it has some kind of meaning that they're inviting us to dig into. And 
That's what this segment typo name is. We're in a cul-de-sac within a cul-de-sac right okay. now. Let's we invited both Stevenson girls to join, but Anna declined. She's gifted violinist. Oh. And she's practiced for hours every day. She's gifted. No indefinite article. She's not a gifted violinist. She's gifted violinist. She's gifted violinist. The way that that would work, is there a comma after gifted? Because if you were speaking to mm-hmm. a violinist, you no, could no, no. say, she's gifted she's, violinist. She's gifted violinist, comma, mm. and she practices for hours every day. Mm. Has she gifted a violinist to someone? No, because you still need the indefinite article. I'm kicking this back up. Pull us out of here, man. Um, this is after the play. Abby's tight goes off 20. without a hitch. There's yep. a the Abby's tight twenty. We're in Abby's tight twenty again, baby oh, nation. God. Okay. And then I think this we're is out. after the play. It goes off without a hitch. There are a few little hiccups, but for the most part, it's well received. I was flying. I hadn't felt so good in weeks. As people started moseying back to the displays, Mallory put her arm around my shoulders. We did it. We sure did. I gave her a big, long squeeze. Thanks for coming through, Mallory. Mal smiled. Are you hungry? I'm starving. I took her arm, and we headed towards the food table. Parts of the play were running in my mind, especially the mistakes and a few unexpected lines. I could not believe it when Omar looked at the soul and said, Ew, you shouldn't have walked in the cow shed, I said to Mallory. Mallory laughed. I think Abby taught him that. That was my favorite part. Classic. And They make a swear joke. Oh. They do a swear joke. Abby, the, ever the, the presence of chaos in these books forces Omar to do a swear joke. Cow shed. Do you think that's a cow swear shed. joke? You watch in the, the cow joke. shed. He looks at his shoe and he says, Ew, you shouldn't have walked in the cow shed. It's a play on the word shit, which is a swear. Okay, well, fucking come on, Tanner. This is. The, <laughs> Can you believe that the scholastic lawyers let that fly? Can you believe they that make the a shit joke. fucking if board I was, of directors. If I was a, the board of directors of our podcast. Let that fly. Oh, I'm their golden boy. They'll let me do whatever I want. Not anymore. Not now that you're saying cow s. <laughs> Come on. Check for real. Can you believe that the scholastic lawyers let that through? It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think the scholastic lawyers let that through. I think that they fucking didn't notice. I think Abby fucking it's snuck like, that through. I think Pete snuck that through. Pete was like, fuck these fucking people. It's evil Pete now, right? He's like, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Back in, in the He's fucking, teaching kids swears. In the brightest timeline, Pete is like, oh, better watch my language. It's a book for tweens. But no, not in the not, not in the darkest timeline. Pete's like, I'm going to, this whole book is going to be one lead up to a fucking shit joke of my choice. <laughs> I can't wait for more Pete, like, veiled shit jokes in future books. Yeah. We made it out, Tanner. We made it out of segment hell, Jack. Thank God. Let's finish things off with our final segment of the night. <laughs> I have two more, actually, but... Oh, wait, really? Jesus. But Let's go into our final segments. <gasps> Tearful moment. But here's the thing, is we can't get bogged down into other segments. Right. We just are doing our tearful moment, and we're getting out. I suspect... That you yeah. and I had the same tearful moment, so I'm going to let you take it away. There was one true tearful moment this week, and I want you to read it. There was only one time, Baby Nation, during this novel where I cried physical tears of sadness as opposed to just like sitters cutting onions in the other room. That is true for me as well. It was the accident. Or we're in the darkest timeline. It was the 
deliberate malicious car action. crimes committed by Aunt Cecilia on John Philip Squirt Ramsey. This baby nation is what happened after the car crime. This scene that we have been alluding to throughout this podcast, but have been too afraid to approach directly. Now, frankly, let's be honest here, a few beers in, I am no longer afraid. I'm going to read this to you. Put your fucking crying hats on, baby nation. Tanner, can you cue up some very sad music? Aunt Cecilia let out a big sigh. Jessica. Should I do the Batman voice? Probably not, right? Not for TM. Okay. Yeah. Jessica, she said, you may go ahead and take Squirt's belt off. We're close to home. Poor Squirt. I knew he was supposed to be belted at all times, but Aunt Cecilia was driving about as fast as a walk, and he looked so miserable. I reached back and snapped loose the buckle on his belt. Squirt pushed it aside as if he were battling off a dreaded beast. Honk! At first I thought the horn was Aunt Cecilia's. I couldn't see any other car on the road, but the sound was too loud, too deep, and right behind us. I heard the crash a split second before I felt it. It was a dull crack, not like the loud kaboom you hear on TV. I shot forward. Aunt Cecilia did too. It felt as if someone had sneaked up and smacked my back with an iron bat. And then I must have blacked out because the next thing I knew, the road had turned. At least it seemed that way. The light was no longer in front of us. It was to my right. We were in the middle of the intersection. Stopped. Accident. The word flashed across my thoughts. The reality rushed in like a wave. Aunt Cecilia's right hand was across my chest as if she were trying to stop my forward movement. As if the crash hadn't yet happened. She was panting, her eyes buggy. Squirt! I spun around. My sister was clutching her stomach in the back seat. Her face had an expression I'd never seen before. Pain, fear, shock, and confusion were all racing like shadows across her face. Beside her, the car seat was empty. Squirt! I screamed. I couldn't see him. I tried to rise to my knees, but my seatbelt held me down. Quickly, I unbuckled it and turned around. Squirt was lying on the floor, lying on his side. I could only see his back and his feet. His face was in the shadow of the front seat. He was not moving. Squirt! The shriek seemed to come from all around me, but I knew it was mine. I pushed open the door. I jumped out of the car and threw the front seat forward. Aunt Cecilia was outside the car now, too, on the other side, looking in. Now I could see all of my brother. His hands were over his face, as if he were trying to hide. Is he dead? Is he dead? Is he dead? Becca was shrieking. He wasn't. That was the first thing I noticed. His little chest was moving steadily. In a tiny, fragile voice, Aunt Cecilia was singing the song she uses to comfort Squirt. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Auntie's gonna buy you a mockingbird. What a moving moment, and Baby Nation, I'm glad we had this opportunity to read you literally a third of this fucking book, Jack. Jesus Christ. That was a long one. I can't help it. I can't help what Anne puts down. I'm not even sure I can find a song that goes that long to put (laughs) under that. (laughs) But I'll try my best. 
Baby I, Nation, a very touching moment. This was a very sad book. We're in the darkest timeline. After what happened to fucking Amelia Freeman, to to have us go through that, and I'm sorry we put you through that as well, Baby Nation, but to put us through that after what happened to Amelia Freeman is deep cruelty on the part of evil Pete deep. and yeah, evil Pete. Yeah, you're just this isn't this wasn't a tearful moment for you. This was like a gleeful you're like sitting there in your bone throne getting yeah. off on this yeah watching us cry over this yeah i like bone throne evil pete sitting on his bone throne <laughs> oh why did i put a gleeful moment in he says evilly i'll put something in here that positively tickles me yeah and when i see jack and tanner weeping their pathetic <laughs> tears i like it would make me even more delighted I like that Evil Pete is very clearly Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack, one more segment. Let's just get it out of the way. Okay. Bing, bang, boom. Yes, Tanner. To answer the question you didn't ask in your haste to just launch into the segment. I did have a compliment of the week this week. It goes as follows. Our projects are fine, Mrs. Harris. You're going to get so tired of this joke so quickly. It's okay to have friends over. No sugary snacks before dinner. As the parents rambled on, Ebon quietly walked in. He stood at his mother's side, shyly staring at Marianne. Marianne smiled to reassure him. He walked toward her and wrapped his arms around her legs. You're nice, he said. That's my compliment of the week this week. Have I misunderstood the segment? That was an actual that was an actual compliment though. Yeah. <laughs> no, Wait, but it's Jack. What are we doing? Burn of the week. Oh fuck. I thought we I just like we did a whole intro that was just like buh, 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 you, the buh, buh, buhs lead to burn and burn means Oh, I like, thought we were just kind of doing vocal exercises. Fun. No. Cuz that's Did you have a burn or did you just is I, mean, your, I wrote down a bunch of times when people insulted each other, but why would we read that on the podcast? It, like, that's unpleasant for no one wants to hear that. It's nasty. It's just mean. This is like people re- listen. To, people listen to this to be entertained, like to get away from the troubles of of politics are, and their, are their lives. Burns no. are often entertaining. No, they want to be. They want to be. If they're fun and good natured. Okay. Well, I mean, do you want me to read down? I wrote this stuff to report it. Not to read on the podcast. <laughs> uh huh. I want to hear one of the things you want to, you were thinking about reporting. Okay. <laughs> to who, by the way? To whom were you going to report it? The authorities. <laughs> the police? To whoever. I mean, this is just mean stuff. It shouldn't be in a book. It's we're trying to we're trying to do everything we can to get by. Whoever this. puts those, like Tipper Gore, is who. Yeah. I, yeah. To. I'm gonna. Yeah. I was gonna send like this to explicit Tipper. content warnings. Yeah. On each. I was going to send this to Tipper because I, I, you know, I bought the ebook version of this, but I didn't see a parental advisory sick, sick burns. Uh, and okay, so Tipper, I, if you're listening, and I suspect you are. Yeah, what else is she doing? Um, let's get this rushed through Congress. <laughs> okay. All right, let me pick my parental warnings on children's books in case there's burns. Yeah, Tipper, please, and I think Tipper's still the one to do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Here's here's what I wrote down, Tanner, to report. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baby Nation, this is a parental advisory. Yeah. Um, if you're listening with anyone under the age of eighteen, just know, or if you're a sensitive um, adult, just know that there's going to be uh, some 
crass humor and some sort of offensive jokes being made. And and people are going to be insulted and put down before your very eyes right. and ears. Um, this so is also it's also a driving moment. Um, uh, Aunt Cecilia and Becca. That's not a thing. That's not a segment. It's a, okay. It's a moment when they're driving. Do you want that to be a segment? Do you want to do? Do you want to do a segment intro for it? <laughs> driving moment. So we can do some like Screech. car sounds. <laughs> honk honk. <Yeah. laughs> oh Good. dear. Oh dear. Okay. Well, look. This is my driving moment and my parental advisory reported to Tipper. To go find a goddamn driving moment. Tanner, can I read you my joint driving moment slash burn of the week? God, I wish you would. And by Tanner, I mean Tipper. <laughs> yes. Does anyone yes, even Jack. get that? They're driving. And Aunt Cecilia is notoriously slow at driving. But she also, like people who are bad drivers, seems to think that everyone else on the road is the bad driver and not her. Here is my burn of the week slash driving moment of the week. Tanner, are you ready? Becca leaned forward in the back seat. What did you say? Honk, honk. Aunt Cecilia was blaring her horn. And where did you get your driver's license? She shouted, glaring straight ahead. The five and dime? (laughs) (laughs) He took off. He was, Baby Nation, he's so delighted with that joke. He took off his headphones and he kicked back in his his chair, (laughs) clutching his chest. (laughs) Jack is pretty fucking pleased with that. Joint burn of the week slash driving moment. Oh, nailed it. What's your burn of the week slash driving moment? Uh, mine takes place right before the, <laughs> it's, it's right before the Kwanzaa Festival. Yeah. It's right when they're about to do the uh, play. At the far end, the stage was set up for our play. We'd painted a mural backdrop with Marianne's house as a model for the farmhouse. Claudia had done most of the sketching, but the kids had painted it. The farmhouse windows were pink, and the sky had an orange soda stain on it. And one of the chickens was saying, Dwayne rules in a speech bubble, but it looked great anyway. <laughs> Fuck your play, Jesse. Dwayne has his own notions of how this play's gonna go. Oh, Jack, we have Tanner. to get out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Tanner. I feel like I've been just like wading in a swamp of segments oh, man. for the last 45 minutes. I, I don't know whose fault this is. Definitely not ours. We're going to take it up with the board. We're going to clear this up. We're going to solve it next week. In the meantime, Baby Nation, thank you for bearing with us. Please take a moment to rate and review this show on iTunes. I'm Tanner, and what I say now is please recommend that this podcast to a friend. Thank you for taking your cue, Tanner. I really appreciate it. Baby Nation, this week we read a book that was called Happy Holidays, Jesse. We liked it. I think we covered most of the salient points in the novel. Next week, we're going to be reading a little book, still in the darkest timeline, called Abby's Twin. Who is that? Who could that be? I know in the main timeline, Abby's Twin is a girl called Anna Stevenson, but in this universe, it could be anyone. It could be anyone. Stick I can't around wait for the first character to tear out her eyes and say menacingly, "Where we're going, we, we don't need, need eyes." To say. Oh yeah, that has that not like happened yet in these novels? Horizon. Yeah, maybe it'll be Abby's twin. If, if you're twins, you only need one pair of eyes, right? I don't know how. Baby it works. Nation, thank you for joining us this week. 
I've been Tanner Greenring, and where we're going, we don't need eyes. And I've been Jack Shepard, and where we're going, we don't need eyes. Please take a moment, if you haven't already, to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. If you are a sovereign citizen, you are not being detained, and you are free to go. Why? Because Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Never just been say, compelled to. In we the can past discuss this. We wanna... can discuss this off book. You can cut it. But I optative. You say optative. I say optative. My Greek teacher says optative, and apparently it's like a big debate within the within the world of Greek speakers. I say optative, subjunctive, and the I'm subjunctive and the of, optative. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of another word with that same kind of construction. Yeah. That optative. I mean, you. I guess you would say ablative, right? For Latin, you would say ablative. You wouldn't say ablative. So optative by analogy with ablative, I'm right. You wouldn't say ablative. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>